You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. A good Monday to you all. You found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast dedicated to the best performances by Iowa collegians and former collegians in running and triathlon. Got a lot to talk about today. I'm doing this podcast now. I'm looking out my window. It's 5.30 in the afternoon and it's dark. (laughs) The sun has gone down. It's a depressing feeling. I don't like daylight saving time ending. I'd much rather keep all year round and not have to fall back in November. Plus, I think that uh, more dry, uh, more drivers are drowsy uh, after they get off work at 5 o'clock instead of in the morning. But that's just me. Anyway, a lot to get to. It uh, Wow, we've got... A lot uh, to delve into here. Got the 50th New York City Marathon results from there. Two outstanding performances by former Iowa collegians there. The Indianapolis uh, Monumental Marathon. We had an Iowan who won the Half Marathon Championship there. The USA 5K Championships, part of the New York City Marathon, held the day before. Several Iowans competing there. And then turning to um, cross-country You had uh, the NAIA schools in action. You had the Heart of America conference where Grandview picked up uh, a team championship for the first time. And you had the uh, Dort teams dominating once again at the Great Plains Athletic Conference as well. Plus uh, an appearance from Abby Caldwell. She will talk about the NCAA Midwest Regionals that are coming up Friday in Iowa City, Iowa State, Iowa, Drake, and you and I will be competing there. And Abby has a very interesting story to tell. It is well worth the listen, so stay tuned for that. It is going to be very mind-blowing here, what she says. So that's something you want to definitely keep listening for as well. So let's get started. And I'm going to lead off with that New York City Marathon, the 50th running through the uh, five boroughs of New York. And it was former Iowa State runner Annie Frisbee uh, running for the Minnesota Distance Elite Team. She produced the fourth fastest marathon debut by an American woman in history. Uh, (laughs) uh, 226.18. She was seventh overall. Uh, and um, she was the uh, third American. Not just that, a third American, seventh overall. She's in great company after that 226.18, which she, she was right up with the leaders, uh, which included the winner, Perez Jepchichur of Kenya, through 25K and then started to fall back right around 30K. But up until that point, she was right in the lead pack. You could see her on the telecast, on the ESPN2 telecast. And um, she ran a great race. Um, <laughs> the only three women who are ahead of her for marathon debuts, Jordan Hesse, you probably heard of her. She finished third at Boston in her marathon debut with a 223 flat in 2017. Then Emily Sisson at London, which is a flat course, uh, which is 
Yeah, a very flat course, but still 223.08. She was, she was just eight seconds beyond Hesse. That was in 2019. Sisson ran that. And then Kara Goucher, uh, one of America's finest uh, distance runners in history as well, at New York City in 2008. That's, that's an impressive run there, 225.53. And now Annie Frisbee, just 25 seconds behind that with a 226.18. Uh, just and, and her, her splits were very good. Uh, she was one twelve forty three among the leaders uh, at the half, and um, came through the second half and one thirteen thirty five. And if you know New York, uh, the second half is definitely hillier. When you get uh, heading back towards Central Park, it it gets hilly in, uh, in that race. So. Uh, just a phenomenal effort she put on Instagram today. Made my debut in the streets of New NYC. Did not disappoint. The race truly lives up to the hype and more. Went into the weekend with confidence and came out with a seventh place overall finish. Third American. So great for her. Um, she's a shining star for that Minnesota Distance Elite team. Um, looking for great things. She had a great uh, year on the... Uh, uh, and the USATF road racing circuit and um, finished off the season with a great marathon. Also running well there, former Johnston High and Grandview uh, prep, uh, Opsie Burrow. She ran the marathon, broke 239, um, and she was the number six American and finished 16th overall, Opsie did. Opsie ran 238.54. After running the first half in 118.46, so very even splits there. Uh, good job by her. And she's out in Phoenix now, in the Phoenix area, just really loving life out there. And so it was good to see her finish well, 16th. And um, on the men's side of things, Kevin Lewis, newly married, a former Ottumwa High and Iowa star, didn't have the, the race he wanted for sure. Um, he ran 229.39. He was 21st uh, among the men, and uh, he was right with Perez Jepchicher. Uh, if you watch the, uh, you know, they have the same time. Of course, they didn't run together, so. Um, but yeah, they they ran identical times. So um, he went out fast, 106.17. So he really went for it, but uh, obviously paid for it on the second half. Kevin is a Minnesota distance elite athlete as well in the Twin Cities. The 5K championships for USATF was held the day before and um, didn't have the top uh, finish, you know, one of the top three finishes that I thought we might have. Bia Sambasa, who was my guest uh, last week. Well, it was, yeah, it's, it's been over a week now. Um, about 10 days ago, he was my guest. Uh, fine podcast. Hope you uh, listen to that. She, he ended up uh, ninth overall among the men um, in 1358. Uh, he's a former Sioux City North and Iowa Central runner. Uh, I know talking to him for that podcast, he was hoping to do better, but he's basically wrapped up the season championships for that um, USATF road running circuit. Um, so it was just a victory lap for him. Um, but, um, he wasn't even the top, uh, runner with Iowa ties. It was former Iowa state runner, Andrew Jordan, who, uh, beat him to the tape. He was, uh, a spot ahead of him, 
um, running 1356. So Andrew Jordan, who ran for Iowa State, was an All-American for the Cyclones. Then he transferred to Washington, finished his career there. So um, he, he did well, and he wasn't the only Cyclone that ran. Dan Kurtz, if you remember, he... He ran his whole career at Iowa State, uh, another um, uh, standout for the Cyclones. He was 15th in that race in 1406. And Dan, uh, I imagine, is probably out on the East Coast. That's where he grew up. He was he grew up around uh, the Connecticut area, if I remember right. Um, he's from that area, so I'm, I'm, I'm certain that he's probably still out there. So it was an easy trip for him into New York. So he uh, Dan Kurtz runs 15th in 1406. Then uh, true Iowans here, um, Josh Yeager running for that Minnesota distance elite team. He was 24th in the 5K championships, 1421. So he got some nice experience running in a, in a loaded, loaded USA TF 5K championships field. Um, and then um, uh, Daniel Soto, former Valley High, and I forgot to mention Yeager is a former center point Urbana runner. Also ran for Drake before finishing his career at South Dakota State. And I also interviewed him earlier this uh, year. And excellent. He was a great interview. Um, so check out that podcast if you haven't caught it. And then uh, Daniel Soto, another podcast guest of mine, running for the Hanson's Distance Project. And like I said, he was a former Valley and Iowa runner. He was 26th a couple spots back. He ran 1434. And he's... Uh, both Josh and uh, Daniel are in their first year as, as professional runners, so just kind of getting their uh, toes wet in the water here as they start their careers. It was a fantastic finish as Drew Hunter of the of the Tin Man Elite team uh, won a three man battle to finish with Matt Centrowitz and Sydney. Get a bidet. Um, they all ran at the same time, 1353, but it was Hunter getting the victory there. And speaking of the Tin Man Elite team on, uh, on Saturday as well, at the Indy Monumental races, it was Brogan Austin who won the half marathon title, setting a new course record of 102.24, really lighting it up there. Um, he, uh, he's back healthy, running well. And I think he, I remember him mentioning something on Instagram about, I told you so I told you that I'd be coming back strong. And he certainly did a former Boone and Drake star. Um, like I said, the course record and also a PR 102.24, I believe, um, he ran just about 104 in a, in, in a previous race here at Indy Monumental. Might have broken 104, but that's that's a huge drop for him. So phenomenal effort there for Brogan getting the win. Uh, looked like a great day to run at, at Indianapolis. Then you had uh, run-a-blaze athlete Blake Whalen uh, really just having a great season. Blake is... He's from Dubuque, a former Iowa Central runner. He was 13th in 105.11. And that, according to my records, what I saw is a 16-second PR for Blake from the IMT Des Moines Half Marathon held on October 17th. So uh, three weeks later, uh, Blake turns in another PR for the, for the half. He's running great. 
run a blaze. He wasn't the only run a blaze athlete. McCoy Benzen uh, ran one fourteen flat. Uh, he was a hundredth among the men. Then you had Mark Thompson, who is a masters runner, the forty to forty four age group. He's from Iowa. He ran one fifteen seventeen. Uh, 545 pace for a Masters runner. Excellent time there. Um, then you had two running wild elite athletes. Uh, Dalton Rice ran 116.06 and Elliot Clower at 116.49. Both of those guys running wild elite. They were 113th and 121st place overall. The, um, the top woman from Iowa was Lauren, Laura Thompson. Uh, in 130.26 for 66th place. And the featured race uh, for the Indy Monumental is, of course, the marathon, also on Saturday, that ends at the state capitol in Indianapolis. And Steve Freshly of the Running Wild Elite team uh, really had a had a, an excellent uh, marathon here, a big PR, running 221.23 for 7th overall. Uh, freshly excellent, excellent running there. He's uh, a Dubuque uh, native. Um, he negative split on, on this course, ran 110.30 over the second half. So he's really coming on this year. Excellent running there. Ian Carter was the winner in 216.22. So uh, the Indy Monumentals really uh, picked up a lot of momentum. They 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 have some really good fields now. Uh, the, the 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 women's winning time was was two thirty seven as well. So uh, very strong uh, fields here at Indy. Um, then you had uh, Kyle Reed uh, from Iowa. He's in the twenty five to twenty nine age group. He ran two thirty five twenty seven. And Tyler Culver ran two forty one forty nine. Also, they're both Iowans. So good running there. The, the top female in the marathon was Amanda Edwards, uh, run a blaze athlete. She is six months from giving birth, um, <laughs> and really just just uh, running outstandingly well. Um, she's um, in her thirties, in her mid, in her low thirties, and she ran two fifty eight twenty seven for a great performance there. Uh, went out very conservatively in the first half, wearing one thirty thirty three, and closed with a one twenty seven fifty seven. So she ended up fifty uh, ninth uh, in the women's marathon uh, overall among the women. Fifty ninth, Amanda Edwards for the Runablaze team. Um, then it was Whitney Donaldson, who ran 307.50. She's in that same age group. Whitney was 96th. And then running wild elites, Becky, Becca Mallon, sorry. Uh, she's from Iowa City. Um, she finished in 308.29. And Emily Webb of Des Moines, who's a run-ablaze athlete, she uh, had some intestinal problems I saw on Facebook, um, and then she really kind of struggled from about seven or eight miles on, um, couldn't hold any fluids down. She ran 314.41, not the performance that she wanted. Forgot to mention that Brogan Austin is living out in the Denver area, and that Amanda Edwards is living in Dubuque now. She's a former Dubuque Hempstead and Warburg College runner. On to the Cross Country and the Heart of America Conference, where the number 18th ranked Grandview men 
achieved a first. They won their first Heart of America championship. So congratulations to head coach Jerry Moner and crew. Uh, that's quite an accomplishment uh, to achieve that. And they are going on to nationals. Uh, the first two teams in the NAIA conference meets uh, advance. And uh, they did it in dominating fashion here. Uh, they scored just 24 points. Uh, to easily beat second-place Benedictine. Uh, they were way back, 55 points behind. Not only that, but they also had a champion in Trevor Albert, senior from Eldon. He's a junior athletically, senior academically. He broke his own school record. Uh, I don't know how he keeps doing this. This is like the second or third time now where he's barely beaten his school record. He did it by one-tenth of a second. 2450.6 over 8K. Very fast time, breaking his own school record um, held at the Great Lakes Challenge in their last meet on October 23rd. We won the championship by 26 seconds, so he's going out really well if this is his final season with Grandview. The next finisher for the Vikings was a transfer, Hawkeye Community College transfer Sam Mickelson, who was fourth. He is from East Dubuque, Illinois, just over the river from Iowa. He ran 25-34, and he's, all, he's number two now all-time in Grandview history behind his teammate Trevor. And then, uh, and then um, he packed up with Isaiah Whitrock and Stevie Salas. They were fourth, fifth, and sixth as Whitrock, who is a senior from Richland, which is part of the Pekin uh, School District. And Stevie Salas, who's a freshman, uh, he comes from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. They ran 2538.3 and 2539, uh, as I mentioned, to finish fifth and sixth. And those are the third and fourth best uh, runners in history. So Grandview is just uh, shattering all sorts of school records here and, uh, and the top tens. Um, and Salas, who... Um, Broke his own school f uh, record for freshmen. And their final two scores for the Vikings were Ben Huftelin and Chris Hatch in eighth and ninth. Huftelin, a senior from Osage, he was 25, 53.6. And then um, you had Hatch, who is from Placerville, Cal California, also a senior, 25, 54.4. Um, and they weren't the only guys to get all-conference either. You also had three other runners who placed in the top 15. You get all-conference uh, in the heart of uh, um, uh, America. And it was Tony Rodriguez, who's from Des Moines, a junior, um, 25, 56th. Um, so, and then he, uh, Jalen Peterson, who's from Atlantic, uh, he's a junior. He ran 2602. And then Aaron Davis, who's from Ankeny and a senior 2604. All of them were in the top 15. Rodriguez, by the way, is a former Des Moines East prep who, uh, transferred after a year at DMAC. So that's where his path has led him. So, uh, all in all, you have, uh, eight Either first team or honorable mention all-conference runners for Grandview, uh, finishing in the top 15. Very, very impressive. Other Iowa schools were there, of course. You had Dylan Grover, a sophomore for Graceland, was seventh. He ran 25.50. He is not from Iowa. Neither is Vernon Trotzi, a junior from William Penn. He ran 26 flat, uh, just missed. 
earning first-team all-conference. He was 11th, but he is the program's first national qualifier since 2016, and that time of 26 flat point six is the 10th fastest in, in program history. So, uh, so that's uh, that, that's that's a great uh, big congratulations there to the statesman. Um, Mount Mercy was led by Chase Cress, a senior. Chase was 23rd, and he's a former Davenport West prep. And Graceland also had a 26th from James Esty, a senior. He ran 26.54. Benedictine did not win the men's championship, but they did win the women's uh, title. The school from Kansas scored 49 to beat another Kansas school, Baker, by 7. Then we had the Grandview women win 3rd with 72, and Mount Mercy was 126. But uh, the Viking women did have their and did have a champion with senior Morgan Lawson, um, the Ottumwa native, uh, really dominated uh, the 5K race in Cedar Rapids, ran 1822.1 um, to win by over 30 seconds. So um, really dominant performance by her. Um, and then she had a teammate, Seda Nasley, who is from Dowds, Iowa. She was third overall in the conference out of 116 women who finished. She ran 1857, as I mentioned, for third. She was, she was first team all-conference. And uh, the Vikings had one other all-conference runner in Emma Swanson. Uh, she's a junior from Ankeny. Um, who um, also was in the top 15. She ran 1933. And then you had, um, well, you had uh, the, the scores were rounded out 27th to 29th. You had a Maytain Muhammad, who was a freshman from Des Moines. She ran 2006, uh, 27th. And then Chloe Gregg, who was a junior from Bettendorf, she ran 29th. So that's how it all goes. The men's team, with their championship, has qualified for NAIA Nationals at Vancouver, Washington on November 19th. Um, uh, the women's, continuing with the women's here, we've got Mount Mercy. Um, they they really had a strong, they, they had a strong runner-up finish from Kelsey Hundorf. She was the defending conference champion coming in, but she had to settle for runner-up honors in that 5K in 1855.2. And her uh, teammate, Jessica Ertz, who is from Central City, went to Marion, just like Kelsey, um, both Marion preps. Um, Kel uh, Jessica was 7th in 1919. And like I said, Mount Mercy was fourth. Um, they also had a 23rd place finish from Jalen Knutson. Uh, Jalen ran 1954 for 23rd. She's a former Melcher Dallas prep. Clark had, um, well, three finishes to note for the women. Uh, Riker Men's, she is a senior. Uh, she ran 1928. For 10th place to learn that last first team all conference honor. Then they had Rory Bickler. She ran 1948.7 for 21st. And then Claire Ronnenbaum, who's a former uh, Iowa City West prep. She's from North Liberty. Um, Claire ran 1952 for 22nd place. Graceland. Um, they had um, a strong finish from Grace Stewart. She was 14th to earn honorable mention all-conference in 1930. She 
is a transfer from uh, DMAC, um, but she is from Perry. That's her, her background. And then they also had Ashlyn and Keegan Perkins. These are sisters, both seniors for Graceland. Ashlyn was 17th in 1936, and Keegan 20th in 1943. So that puts a bow on, um, on the Heart of America conference. That was in Cedar Rapids on Saturday. The Great Plains Athletic Conference... It, it was it was tough to, to decide whether I wanted to lead off with Grandview men or Dort, whether you pick the Dort's dominance or Grandview's men's first win. I went with the, with the Grandview first championship, but the Dort men um, certainly could have let off with this, with the, 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 the college cross-country report, because they had a perfect score of 15 points in taking their fourth consecutive GPAC title. Not only that, but they broke the record um, set by Doan in 1969. I was one year old that year. Uh, lowest team score. Um, Doan had that record of 17, and, well, Dortmund will never be beaten because they uh, had the perfect score, so it'll, it'll only be tied in history. Doan was second with 71 points, followed by Northwestern with 85, and... Um, Dort not only had the, the the top five, they had the top six runners, and it was led by champion Davis Tebben, who is from Lansing, Michigan. Davis ran the 8K in 25.52 to improve on last year's runner-up finish, and that's his third All-Conference honor. And um, but it, but it's his first his first college win of his career. So what a way to go out. Uh, in your senior season, if this is his last year. Um, so that's just a, f a fantastic way to go out, um, winning your first uh, college race in the conference meet. Jacob Vanderplatz, who's kind of been their um, number one runner, uh, either him or Eric Steiger, most of the year, he had to finish, settle for second place. He ran 26.04. Vanderplatz, uh, he stayed at home. He's from Sioux Center. He's now a four-time All-Conference runner for Dort. Um, so that that's uh, that's a tremendous accomplishment there. Uh, Eric Steiger, um, as I mentioned, he was the GPAC champion way back when in 2018. He was third in 26.08. Then Dort had Nick Beldhorst in fourth in 26.09. Um, both of those two runners, like Vanderplatz, now four-time all-conference runners. So this is a very veteran team, and, and they're going into nationals uh, in Washington with a lot of confidence. Um, it'll be uh, very interesting to see how they do. The top five rounded out by an Iowan, Joe Anderson, who is a junior from George, ran 26-18. And as I mentioned, Ethan Summerhays was sixth. For Dort in 26-26. And they also had... Anderson's a three-time all-conference runner, by the way. And um, they uh, their, their all-conference first team was rounded out by Brooks DeWard, who was ninth in 26-56, as he earned all-conference honors for the second time. Earning all-conference honorable mention was two more Dort runners. <laughs> if you're losing count... Uh, which I might be as well. This is nine runners in the top 15. Trey Engen, who is from Algona, he's a junior. He was 13th in 2704. And then Peter Shippey, 
who um, also stayed home. He's from Sioux Center, just like Vanderplatz. He was 14th in 27.09. And um, also finishing in the top 25 was Thaniel Schroeder in 27, 22nd place in 2740. I'm going to get a quote from their head coach, Nate Wolf. Uh, they deserve it after, after this performance. Um, Nate said, The men's team has been incredibly focused and disciplined all season, and this was a culmination of their work and sacrifices. It is a special group to be able to coach. I, um, I would have to definitely agree with that. Um, they've been the gold standard out in western Iowa, well, for at least four straight years now. Uh, Northwestern had a nice uh, top 10 performance from Ian Wiersma. Um, he uh, was 8th in 2640. He hails from Michigan. And then you had Levi Cross, who is a former Iowa Christian Academy runner uh, from Des Moines. He's a senior for Northwestern. Um, and also Dawson Jacobsma were 17th and 18th, respectively. Um, Cross ran 27-24 for 8K, and Jacobsma ran 27-28. Jacobsma is a senior from Sheldon. Um, Northwestern also had a 21st place finish from senior Peyton Brasser. Peyton is a former South O'Brien prep. That's, um, that's in Polina, up by Spencer. So that's Northwestern's finish for the men. Uh, Morningside men, you had junior Justin Ambrose, who is from Dunlap, Iowa. That's over by Carroll. He was 25th in 28.02. And then um, a senior, Roe Pascal, for Morningside, was 27th in 28.04. Um, they had three three runners together. And then uh, you had Garrett Hansen, who's from Sioux City, stayed in town to run for the Mustangs. He was 28th in 28.16. So Morningside with three runners in the top 30. While the Dort men have been the dominant force for four years in the Great Plains Athletic, the women have been a bigger force for longer. They won their eighth conference title in the last 10 years at the Landsmere Golf Club in Orange City, including their second straight. Um, <laughs> and uh, the last five of those championships have been under Coach Wolf. Um, they scored 54 points, putting all seven of their runners in the top 20 and nine in the top 25. And it was Hastings uh, with 77, finishing second. Um, those two teams will both go on to nationals. It was Morningside, ooh, finishing third with 79 points, and Doan was fourth with 105. Um, you had Jessica Campman leading the way for Dort. She uh, was second in 1904 over the 5K course to become a two-time all-conference runner. Margaret Meskowski was uh, Dort's number two runner. She was 10th overall in 1930 to uh, earn her first all-conference honor. Then you had Eden Winslow, who was the runner-up last year in the GPAC. She finished 11th in 1930 to earn honorable mention all-conference for the third time, uh, third time honor there. Taylor Anima was 15th in 1940 to make her make all-conference for the second time. 
she was the defending G Pack champion. So, so you can see that Dort has a lot of depth there. You've got really uh, quality runners uh, from from their <laughs> from the top four when you've got the defending champion uh, coming back and finishing fifteenth. Um, maybe certainly a certainly a, a, a definite slip from Winslow and Anima, but. Um, but you've got uh, other runners who step up into their positions, and that's the mark of a great team. Annika Homan was 16th in 1947. Bethany Tenhaken was 17th in 1952. All of these runners, they're not from Iowa. They are a very, not just national team, they, they, they come from all over the U.S. and uh, uh, internationally as well. Your first Iowan was Lucy Borkowski, from Manila, she is a sophomore. She was 19th in 2001. And then Brenna Tolkamp, uh, the final defender I wanted to mention, was 22nd in 2010. Um, and again, I want to mention Coach Wolf. This is what he had to say. Um, he sees, he called it one of the toughest fields of teams that GPAC has seen since 2017. Uh, in the press release I saw, he added that going into today, there were five teams with a chance to be conference champions. The pack of Miskowski, Winslow, Anima, Holman, Tenhaken, and Borkowski worked incredibly well together to run a great team race. And that's true. You, you know, you look at their times, they're all pretty well close together. And again, the mark of a great team. Morningside, uh, boy, they really are have some great runners at the top, and they just could not find that fourth and fifth runner. You'll you'll see in a minute here. You had senior Emily Funderman, who was third in the 5K race in 1906. Then you had junior Christine Hannah Mitchell, was fifth in 1915, and senior Joe McKibben was sixth in 1919. Funderman is from Anthem, uh, Anthem, part of the Anthem Oto uh, School District, and McKibben is from Mapleton, uh, part of the MBAO School District. Um, Hannah Mitchell is not an Iowan, so they had three in the top six, which should, you know, they, which should give you the edge over Dort, but they just you know, couldn't do it. The next scores for the Mustangs were only 28th and 43rd. And, and that's how they, uh, did not get the automatic bid to nationals. Funderman, uh, for her, it was her third all-conference award. Um, and, um, for Hannah Mitchell, it was her second. And McKibben, um, it was also her second all-conference award. 28th place, by the way, I mentioned that Tenna Beal, uh, senior for Morningside. She was the one who finished 28th, and she ran 20-25. So you look, that gap between her and McKibben over a minute, and um, and that's going to hurt you when, um, when it comes down to it. So Morningside just needed those uh, final two runners to get them over the hump. Northwestern women... They were led by Morgan Marker, uh, all-conference runner, and Caitlin Weiss, also all-conference, as was Marker, who was ninth. So she earned first-team all-conference honors in 1925. She is a Rock Valley, former Rock Valley runner and a senior for Northwestern. She helped um, the Red Raiders finish sixth as a team. 
uh, Weiss, who is from, well, she's from Holstein. She went to Ridgeview. She was 13th in 1935. And um, uh, the overall winner, if you're wondering, was from Hastings, a freshman, Sania Santos, Shania Santos. Say that 10 times fast. She was the individual champion with 1845 as a time. So you're looking back at the time there, and she won pretty comfortably by 19 seconds over Campman. On to the CCAC Championships, also Saturday. St. Ambrose is part of that conference. It's a, it's a very strong conference year after year. <clears throat> this was hosted by Olivet Nazarene in Bourbonnais, Illinois. And it was... St. Ambrose men who finished third with 92 points, same finish as the, what the Bees had last year, matched that, but the, they were no match for number one ranked St. Francis of Illinois. They were the conference champions with 21 points, and then the host Olivet Nazarene, which is ranked 19th nationally, they were second with 75 points. But uh, leading the way for St. Ambrose, as he has all year, is Nolan Rudd. Another great finish uh, for Nolan. He was runner-up in 25-18 in the 8K race. Um, and um, he's not from Iowa, but uh, Matt Young and George Barton um, were also St. Ambrose runners who were 15th and 16th. It was Young who ran... Uh, 2643 and Barton, who is a junior and a former Dubuque Wallert runner, he was 16th in 2645. And Young, um, with that 15th, uh, earned all conference honors, and Barton just missing. So Rudd and Young uh, are both going to nationals because of that. And uh, Young. Interestingly, he's he's had a great career at St. Ambrose. He's one of only five four-time national qualifiers for St. Ambrose in their history. But sadly, he's not an Iowan. <laughs> um, they also had, St. Ambrose did a 34th place finish from freshman Dayton Hauger in 2804. Um, the winning time was 2457 from a St. Francis runner, Omar Paramo. St. Francis's number three runner uh, is former Iowa Central runner Noah Frisky. Noah, <clears throat> Noah is obviously a transfer. He ran twenty-four, or excuse me, twenty-five forty-two. He's a sophomore. Noah is. Um, he's playing a big role for the number one ranked St. Francis team that won the championship rather handily. <laughs> As I mentioned, they only scored twenty-one points. St. Ambrose um, women, St. Ambrose is the only school that competes in the CCAC. Uh, the Bees were uh, sixth place overall with 152 points, and they were led by Emma Duncan, who's a senior from Anamosa. She covered the 5K course in 2004 to finish 21st overall. And then Jess Mendenhall, she is a senior, uh, former Dubuque Hempstead prep, who was 27th in 2034. So that's how those championships went down. Um, there was one other school, Iowa Western, um, excuse me, Iowa Wesleyan. Iowa Wesleyan uh, was competing at the Continental 
Athletic Conference Cross-Country Championships. Um, say that five times fast, too. Um, so this is a, from what I saw from the results, four and five teams um, were in these championships, and the men were fourth and the women were fifth. So they were at the bottom of the Continental Athletic. Um, the Tigers were led on that women's side by Faith Younts. She's just a freshman. She ran 20.42 for seventh place. The winning time was 19.35. Um, and the Iowa Wesleyan men were led by Logan Lucas, who's a freshman from Missouri. Uh, he ran a PR of 27.57 for 8K to finish sixth and earned second team honors. The winning time was 26.23 there. Um, that was Iowa Wesleyan. Um, the Saga Cup was held the day before on Friday. <clears throat> this was hosted by Luther College. Most of the top runners for many of the teams were held out because NCAA Division Three regionals are this weekend. It was Connor Lanciel of Wartburg College who was the men's 8K winner in 26 minutes. He defeated his teammate Drew Hoffman by 11 seconds. And on the women's side, Wartburg also was the champion. Jenna Mori ran 23-28 for 6K, and she won by about four seconds over Anna Hertz. As I mentioned, Division Three regionals coming up this weekend. Last but not least for college cross-country is the NCAA Division Twos. Don't want to leave them out. This was their big weekend as well with region championships going on and it was northwest missouri state in action at the central regions in joplin missouri once again leading the way for the bearcats was caroline cunningham former cedar falls prep she finished eighth in the 6k race running 210673 and that is the, by the way, that's the second fastest 6K in program history. But unfortunately, <clears throat> the uh, the uh, qualifiers just came out uh, as I'm as I'm recording this. They 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 came out, and uh, she did not make the field for the NCAA Division II championship. So sadly, she will not make it. So that's her final race of the season, even with an eighth place finish, um, very strong. But um, she does have the number two time in program history. The Bearcat women also, um, like I said, will not make it. Uh, they finished fifth as a team, were not selected. Um, they were not chosen for nationals. Um, they had come in ranked ninth in the region rankings. So that's uh, that's the end of the season for the Bearcat teams. Nebraska Kearney, on the other hand, the men's team, which has an Iowan uh, leading the way, they did make the field. They, they finished fourth at Central Regionals in Joplin, Missouri. <clears throat> they um, ended up scoring 171 points. And like I mentioned, they got the at-large bird uh, at-large bid to make the 31-team field. And Miles Bach, who's a former center pointer, Banna uh, prep, he graduated from there. He's a redshirt freshman for the Lopers. He was 17th in the men's 10K race in 3018, 29. Um, so um, congratulations to him leading um, Carney to nationals. 
which will be held, by the way, November 20th in Tampa, Florida, 12 days away. Uh, on the women's side, <clears throat> it was, well, the leader um, was not his sister, Maddie Bach, who is a former Marion prep. It was Lillian Buseni, former Iowa Central runner. She's now at Central Missouri. She was 54th in the women's 6K race in 22-18. Maddie Bach, as I mentioned, she's a redshirt senior for the Lopers of Nebraska Kearney. She was 55th in 22-21. And um, the women's team for the Lopers did not make nationals. They were 6th in the team race wasn't good enough to make it and to be selected. Um, Minnesota State <coughs> um, did have a couple runners from Iowa, and on their 11th place team, you had uh, junior Mackenzie Garrity. She is from Dubuque. She was 65th in 22-31, and then a, f a freshman, Ashlyn Young, who is from Algona, she was 68th in the 6K race in 22-37. So that was the Central Region Championships in Joplin. Then you had uh, West Texas A&M with a load of former Iowa Central runners. They both did get selected uh, to nationals. They were competing at the NCAA Division II South Central Region Championships in Lubbock. Um, they, um, the Lady Buffs only finished seventh as a team, but they made it on merit, and they were led by uh, two former Tritons who've led them all the way, Florence Wageneza. Um, she made it automatically to the Nationals by finishing in the top five. Um, she was the first runner in program history to do that uh, at the South Central Regional. She was third in 2034. And then Kurtabi, Eleonora Kurtabi, who was the Lone Star Conference Newcomer of the Year. She also finished in the top 10, finished sixth to earn all-region honors. She's from Turin, Italy, um, and her time was 2056. And that is the um, that is really a quality effort um, until um, Awajaniza's third-place finisher, finish. Uh, that sixth would have been the best finish ever in program history, but uh, she has to settle, Kurtabi does, for the second highest individual finish at the regional meet for uh, West Texas A&M for the Buffs. Um, on the men's side, it was Ezekiel Kipchicher who was the top finisher. He's a senior. Um, he ran 20, uh, 31, 50, uh, <laughs> I, I can get this out here, 3105. He was 24th place, Ezekiel was. <clears throat> um, he, uh, he was uh, second on the team at the Lone Star Conference behind innocent Marwana Shika, but he turned the tables on his former Triton teammate and now Buffs teammate at West Texas. So he ends up being their top runner in 24th. And then... Uh, and then, like I said, it was Marwan Ashika, who's from St. Paul, Minnesota. He was 27th in a time of 31-14. He's a, uh, the brother of Florence, Awajaniza. There they are, brother-sisters. Uh, so he was 27th. And then Noah Bundrock, helping this team uh, get to, 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 to nationals, um, he was 44th in 31-41. He's a former Triton runner as well. So five Tritons that are running for West Texas A&M. And, um, well, they're all going to have one more race coming up on the 20th in Florida.
All right, coming onto the program now is our special correspondent to the program. She's a former Iowa State All Big 12 performer and former Waverly Show Rock prep, Abby Caldwell. Oh, Abby. Hi. <laughs> Glad to have you on. You're jet setting everywhere. You're coming back to a trip to Houston. Gosh, your your workplace has you going everywhere. <laughs> Actually, this is pretty crazy, but I was at Astro World for a concert. The one oh, that my. like the you was were there? crazy. Yeah. I was, I was there. I was gonna ask you, uh glad to see you're okay. Uh, yeah, you weren't getting trampled and oh my gosh, <laughs> you were actually there. Yeah, it oh, was pretty scary. Fun. It was it I was very scared. I was like in the middle of it trying to get out and I couldn't get out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just sad. I, I, I would think that in this day and age in 2021 that, you know, people would figure out that we, you know, we don't do all this, all this kind of uh, crowd rushing and all that sort of thing. And yeah, man. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bad tragedy, man. So we were you able to get out of there then? Um, yeah, I went. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad though. Like I was scared, and I didn't. It actually hit me like the next day, like Friday. It was just like yeah. pure survival. Like I need to get out. Like I'm trying to help people. Like people were trying to climb up my legs because like mm. the I went with um my boyfriend, and he was like, "You have to stay on your feet." And people were falling and, like, trying to climb up our legs. But we were just trying to get out. It was – yeah, it was terrible. But then – so, like, then I was, like, we got out. And I was, like, hey, everything's fine. We're good. Like, let's just get back to the hotel. Everything's fine. And then, like, who I went with – so, like, my boyfriend, he went up to the cops. And he's, like, people are going to die. Like, you guys need to do something. Like, you have to go out there. And then – um he uh nobody did anything and then like we saw the next day that people died and I was like that's when it hit me I was like so like my feelings were like validated at that moment I was like I had because I was so scared during it I was like oh okay like I feel okay to feel to have been scared but yeah yeah, yeah. it's so it was so sad I'm not kidding when I say, like, I felt like I was fighting for my life. Like, there was a moment yeah. where it clicked in my brain where I was like, I could die. Like, people are going to die. But then we got yeah. out of there, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm just being dramatic. Like, because nobody seemed to care. So I was like, maybe I, in my mind, like, I didn't feel, I didn't have the right to feel that way. And then, like, when the next morning we looked, and there was, it was, like, all over national news, I was like, oh my gosh, like my feelings were right. Like for me to be yeah. scared and for me to feel like that was okay. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, 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 it does. It just, I just, yeah, you you, you realize the magnitude of it. You just didn't realize that people had died actually, that it wasn't yeah. just injuries, that it wasn't, you know. Man, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't even know that night when you when you uh, got back to the hotel that yeah. people had actually perished. Man. yeah goodness Ugh. oh my goodness wow that's uh well glad uh glad to see you're alive and, and yeah <laughs> i hope yeah. That, i hope i hope there's some lessons to be learned from this but yeah I better, but i know better and you know i know 
something else is going to happen at a concert in the future. Yeah. Gunmen or a, uh, or a trampled people. You know, it just happens. Yeah. Smart, so. Well, let's talk something happier here. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Abby fighting for her life. <laughs> the crowd of people. So um, I guess it wasn't too happy for the Cyclones. Um, uh, on my show last week, I, I, I commented that it was um, that it was a disappointment, that, that there's no other way to look at it. Uh, Kaylee's three-year run ended, um, and both teams... Uh, well, the, the, and the women's run ended as well. Their reign ended. They had won eight out of 10 championships while the men had won three in a row until last year. And they got beat for the second straight year by the Cowboys. Am I overreacting here? Or is this a disappointment over the program here? Um, Big 12. I, I think there are definitely positives to be taken away from it. I think that, um, I think we always come into the season with the training purpose of bringing home the title, the individual title or the team title or whatever. And so I think if you, when you, when we don't win there, it's always a little bit of like, ah, like we came up short, but I don't think, I think overall after talking to some of the girls and coach and stuff, I think like the way that we competed was really good I think that they competed well um but it just would have been better if we would have won does that make sense if it would have flipped one spot (laughs) yeah gotten it that way and especially when it's that close you're always like oh like could this girl have beat this person you know like Especially on the women's side, yeah. Yeah, like it was one one point. point, You're always wondering, could you have gotten one more spot? Yeah, but I think you're right. I think the efforts were all good. Yeah, Uh, it's just the the payoff wasn't quite there that you were looking for. So, Mm -hmm. but you did get uh, an individual championship from Wesley. He repeated. Yeah, yeah, that that was good. How's 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 a person like Kaylee feeling? I mean, she's dominated this conference three straight years and this yeah. is her last chance and I she think get um I know that she's sad I know that she's disappointed um she always has very high expectations and um yeah. expects the best from herself but I think that she's matured so much as an athlete that yeah obviously especially after winning the past three, you know, like you want to hold your like position. Right. But I think that she's matured enough to be like, okay, like it is what it is. Like what, what's the next thing? Like, what are we doing next? You know? And there's just improved. Yeah. Midwest regionals. Yeah. And so I think, I know for sure she's, she was disappointed, but I think she has a good head on her shoulders that she's like, it's not the end of the world. Like she would rather be an all American at nationals than, you know, like there's just so much more for her. And even like the big 12 has like some really top runners, like the girl that won from West Virginia and a couple Oklahoma state girls and Kaylee and, um, 
you know, they're, they could all be easily all Americans, you know? So it's not that like she put herself out there in a really good field. So, oh, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she's a five time all big 12 performer, yeah. <laughs> Ian Thomas, which, uh, they can say that maybe it'll never happen. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those uh, footnotes in history for them. So, yeah. Um, so let's move on to um, to the regionals coming mm-hmm. up here on Friday. Um, did a little looking here at uh, who are the top contenders here on on the men's and women's side, and obviously you've got Oklahoma State still. Yeah. Uh, for both teams. Um, and, um, I guess for the men, um, you've, you've got Tulsa, uh, mm-hmm. they won the AAC conference, mm-hmm. um, easily over Wichita state, which is ranked fifth in the U S track and field and cross country coaches association, Tulsa's third. And then you got big, uh, Minnesota out of the big 10. They were third in a very competitive big 10. Um, how do you look at the men's, uh, uh field, um, um, Cyclones, easily top three or is it going to be a tussle i think that they're going to be top three they'll get in um what they take like top two teams and then it's like um at large bids basically right um (laughs) i think that's how it works so i I think that i think that they'll be top two top three and even if they're third i think because they are ranked so high and beat so many ranked teams that they'll get a bid to go so I'm not really concerned about them making it at all. Um, I'm assuming is is the same. There's still 34 teams they take. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. I think that um, they'll they'll be top three, and if they're top, even if they're third, which I don't think they will be, I think they'll be one or two. That they'll um, get the bid from like all the points that they have from beating teams, like yeah. their Wisco, like their Wisconsin meet like helped them so much so um yeah it looks like there's what nine regions looking at this so so um oklahoma state probably iowa state probably one two and then probably a probably a gap between tulsa and and minnesota probably yeah looking at still those two battling it out for the team race Mm mm-hmm I know Drake coming off that Missouri Valley championship. They're very strong at the top. They, they've got, um, uh, you know, they, they went one and two with Baston and fog. Yeah. So they've got a good one, two punch there and they're and their young freshmen are really coming through too. So they could, they could throw a little, uh, little bit of a, I guess, a, a, a wrench in the plans of some teams if they run really well. I just and think right. that they'll be fine. They ranked seven by the by the U.S. track and field and cross country. The Bulldogs are. So. Yeah. Yeah, Iowa State's two. I think if they run up to their potential, yeah, it, it should be one and two of them in Oklahoma State. It just depends on where the other teams sprinkle in. Um, I know Minnesota's got a really good runner, um, how they break up that pack, because we can't expect it to be like the Big 12, where it was, you know, the top 10 is – Oklahoma State and Iowa State it was uh, right there was no parody at all it was those two teams at the top and 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 everybody else fighting for the scraps then mm-hmm. 
Um, so let's look at the women. Um, Iowa State third ranked in the Midwest behind Minnesota, and they um, they won the Big Ten, knocking off uh, Wisconsin. And um, and they've got that three headed monster uh, of Iowa Abby Coet Jackson, and then uh, and then the Haas sisters. They're uh-huh. going to be really tough. And then Oklahoma State, of course, um, number two, and then Iowa State three. Um, how do you look at the women since you know this one a little better? Yeah, I think that um, I think it'll be a battle for the women's team. I think that they've had such a great season and their their ranking is really good that they'll be able to get in on points because I do think it's I don't know. I think they'll be able to get on in on points. I think they'll be in. But um, I think as far as like whether they end up one, two, three, um, I think it's going to be a battle, especially because like I think people didn't expect Iowa state to be that close to Oklahoma state at conference. And so if Oklahoma state isn't on their home course, you know, I think it's more of a level playing field. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, like we beat them. I'm, I'm not sure what, like, I don't know what could happen, but especially at there's like you said, there's a huge difference between regionals and big 12s. You know, there's just so many more bodies that like the, the points aren't that close, aren't as close. So it will be really interesting, especially for Oklahoma state and Iowa state. Like, but yeah, I think that, I think both the men's and women's team really set themselves up really well to go into regionals with like how they perform performed earlier this season. So even if they don't get the top, two spots or whatever it is um i think that they have points they've they have enough points that they'll get in yeah they got enough street cred as as they call it uh, yeah so and if they i i I look at it if they run the way they did at at big at big 12s uh they should get in yeah yeah if they have that kind of performance that kind of effort um run those uh similar times Mm -hmm. um maybe a little better because of course uh, you know the Iowa City course is a, is a little friendlier I think maybe than Oklahoma State. <laughs> oh for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's I've been there it's not flat but it's but it's uh, certainly not rolling like the like the Okie State courses so um, yeah so, so if the times are pretty similar uh, maybe a little faster than then I think yeah they should hold off Illinois and Northwestern who were sixth and seventh in the in the big 10 they're they're ranked fourth and fifth and then Loyola which was the champion of the Missouri Valley those are the other contenders really for the top three other than the two teams I mentioned Minnesota Oklahoma right so yeah um, so I think it'll mostly be a battle for those top three like between those top three teams yeah I see it'll be exciting I see the go for women being uh favored because of like I said, those three women are really, really strong. Yeah. And they're going to give them uh, a really big point advantage right off the top. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that yeah. Minnesota Minnesota will be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they've had a great season. And, um, and they look to be um, a force at Nationals for sure. Yeah. Um, so... Um, any other thoughts about um, coming up on, 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 on Friday? Is it uh, one of those feelings you get, oh, man, I wish I was there. It's, it's exciting this time of year. 
Yeah, I mean, I think since Big 12s, it's like, oh, I'm antsy. I want to. I want to be out there. I think it, it's. Yeah. I think it'll I'll always. I don't think I'll ever get rid of that feeling. But um, it's so fun to follow it, and it's really fun that I. I still know I'm really close. I mean, obviously I don't know the freshmen um, this year yeah. as well, but it's fun to know all the girls that are running, you know, um, I feel, I feel like I'm so close to them. I still talk to them quite a bit. And so I like feel invested because I care about them so much and want them to have success. So it's still fun to like, yes, I want to be out there, but I still feel part of it. So. And that's why I like to have you on the program. You got, <laughs> you got to get that perspective that none of us do have. So yeah, it's great. Great talking with you, Abby. Thank, thank God you. you're thank God you're okay. You didn't get trampled. You weren't <laughs> one of the, the eight. Oh, glad that everything's fine, and we'll catch you again next week. Yep. Thank you for having me. Want to return now back to road racing. And um, the Hillbilly Hike was held on Saturday. It's a run. The half marathon is a run from Indianola to Carlisle. Uh, And the the shorter races don't go quite that far. But um, probably the best performance of the day was by um, new Run-A-Blaze athlete Tyler Lance. Um, He is now a radio man in Algona. He was the 10K winner. Running thirty-two sixteen—that's a—that's a phenomenal time running by yourself. He—he he won by six minutes and twenty-nine seconds, so a runaway win there for the new run ablaze athlete. In the five k race, Tyson Wheeland, former Johnston and Iowa Central runner, he set a course record in the five k, which wasn't very good, honestly. It was seventeen twenty, but he demolished it with an easy effort of fifteen forty. Um, he pretty much cruised for the first two miles before um, really uh, kicking it into high gear with, I believe it was like he said, a 4.43 final mile, if I remember right. So Tyson gets the win there, sets a new record, which will be much more difficult to beat now. From here on out, the women's winner was also a new run ablaze athlete, Jordan Winky. She's 23 years old. She is residing in Iowa City. I believe she's... Um, studying at the University of Iowa there. <clears throat> she's uh, She ran 18.48 for the win. She was a minute and seven seconds ahead of Brianna Berryhill of Des Moines. For the women's half marathon, it was Run Ablaze's Angela Cheney who picked up the victory in 121.59. So Run Ablaze picks up four championships, four of the six on the day. Cheney is a former... Norwalk High and Central College runner, now living in Bloomfield. Um, her finish, by the way, that 121.59 was good for fourth overall, counting all of the men. And the final result I've got is um, it was, there was a course, uh, it was a race on the Mines of Spain course in Dubuque. It was called the Minor 49er 25K. I've heard it's a very difficult, uh, hilly course, and it was. It was uh, running wild elites, Isaac Trostel, who was the overall winner in that race. Trostel uh, had a time of 151.03 to set a new course record by 18 minutes. So there was a lot of improvement to be made. And um, so he um, easily breaks that by running 151. 
Before I put a bow on this podcast, I wanted to mention that I had a big oversight last week with all of the results that I had from Division Ones. I forgot my Liberty Women's Cross Country Team. How could I forget my number one podcast with Isaac Wendland? He had the number one audience and uh, as the coach of the of the Flames, and and I missed uh, the Liberty Women's Championship at the Atlantic Sun. Um, a week ago on Saturday, uh, at uh, well, they had it at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in uh, Orlando, Florida. That's a nice place to have a, a cross country meet. But anyway, the Lady Flames, um, well, five earned top fourteen finishes to uh, win the team title with thirty six points, defeating Lipscomb by twelve. Um, and so um, it's uh, it's back-to-back championships for Liberty um, for the first time since when they were in the Big South in 2009 and 2010. So um, so that's uh, that's inter- uh, that's amazing for Liberty, uh, who are ranked 24th nationally by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association. And why is this also important? You have an all-conference runner in Anna Hostetler. Uh, Anna covered the 5K in 1717 to earn first-team all-conference honors, and she is a former Mid-Prairie prep who has followed Isaac all the way to Virginia. Her sister, Marie, her younger sister, also had a strong finish. Marie was 21st in 1759. So, uh, Liberty getting it done in the Atlantic Sun. Wanted to correct that mistake there and make sure I I get them in because, man, that was a big oversight uh, with a couple Iowans, including the head coach, who is uh, somebody who's, um, well, been very popular with this podcast. As I mentioned earlier with Abby, the big uh, news this week, of course, is NCAA regionals in Division One and Division Three. Um, Division Three will be over Rock Island. Um, that's where Wartburg and uh, all of the um, all those teams from that conference will be. But for uh, Iowa State, Iowa Drake, you and I, they will be at Iowa City on Friday for that uh, Midwest region, and um, that should be exciting. And that will be the headline uh, event for this weekend. I'll have reports. From that one, as I mentioned, the Division Threes, and also Junior College as well. Um, they are heading toward Nationals quickly. So it's going to be uh, another busy podcast next week. Do have a very exciting bit of news here. I mentioned her earlier in that interview um, with Abby, that another Abby, Abby Coet-Jackson, has agreed to come on to my show uh, as a podcast guest. Um, <laughs> she is a very busy woman. So it was tough to uh, get an interview with her, but she's um, squeezed in some time for me next week. So that podcast will be out next week. And um, hopefully for her sake, we'll be have uh, some exciting things to talk about. Uh, a trip to nationals uh, down in Tallahassee, hopefully, to talk about. But she'll be my podcast guest next week. You want to tune into that for sure, since she has been uh, an all-conference runner and, of course, led... Minnesota to the Big Ten Championships this fall in cross country. So that's all coming up. A lot to look forward to next week. Until then, happy running, everyone.